I'm not ignoring or avoiding the conversation that is Afghanistan. Not at all. Not in any way. But it is extremely important to know that there are other things going on. A tremendous amount going on. For example, as we have seen in cities across the country, crime is rising. The violence is rising. The attacks are rising. And it's not just those cities that we talk about, Seattle and Portland and Minneapolis, where we have mayors and governors who are totally fine with it. Absolutely, positively fine with it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tony Katz. Let me bring in Curtis Hauk right now, managing editor over there at Newsbusters, newsbusters.org. And you spend a lot of time taking a look at what's going on with uh, cable nets, with uh, broadcast news networks, how they're covering things, where these levels of bias exist. And when you take a look, as you guys have, at crime across the country, the news networks don't seem to spend much time discussing those issues. Yeah, great to be with you, Tony. I'm glad you set it up the way that you did and that we're not ignoring the major issues, COVID in Afghanistan. But I believe that the news media, just like the Biden administration, uh, should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. In fact, I think that should be the case for all of us. So with that in mind, we took a look at, yeah, the crime wave, because before the collapse of Afghanistan, I think it's safe to say that that was, if not story one of the summer, then story two. And so we found that we looked at crime in 15 Democrat-run cities, and we found that between June 1st and August 31st, there's only been about 58 minutes of coverage on crime, 58 minutes and 15 seconds specifically. And most notably, we found Portland, perhaps one of the best or slash worst examples, got less than 90 seconds, 81 seconds. Minneapolis, it was another city you mentioned in your open, only seven seconds. Uh, so there's just two examples, and I'll give you one more to start. Seattle, 25 seconds. Yes, the summer of love, the anniversary of that in in Chaz, 25 seconds. It's pretty stunning. So the the question before us is these are stories that are happening. Now, when we Mm -hmm. discuss the the lack of coverage, do we know if they're happening at least on the local level? Is local media covering these stories? Well, uh, I can't speak to that, but I we live in, you know, we're in the Washington, D.C. media market. And we know for we've seen all of us that the local news networks have been covering it. And I think that touches on a really important point that, well, a lot of these journalists, especially in big markets, are going to be liberal journalists. That's why I think if you polled local news to the American people, the trust levels would be a little bit higher for them because they're closer to the people. They don't make as much money as the, as, uh, the people in the larger markets or on the national level. So, yeah, they're really interested in the story, and they're doing real journalism because, again, they're not really in it for the money. When we talk about the, these national outfits not sharing these stories, if they're only spending 90 seconds, 25 seconds, all, 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 all the rest, 44 seconds, 
what are they covering? What moves them instead to make us say that there clearly is a bias here because they didn't give the, the stories of violence and, and, and crime waves, uh, well, what we could consider a proper due? Because that's what you're saying. It, it, they're not giving it its proper due. What are they covering? Well, we looked at it last night. Uh, one of the examples that one of my colleagues pulled up is this really whole just crazy example on NBC nightly news of, I believe that talking about why conservatives are interested in school boards has to do with the fact that there was some use of the N word. Uh, it, it, you know, in South Lake Texas of students using that word. And then that kind of was a jumping off point for saying conservatives won big in school board elections. Um, there's kind of some nonsense going on there. Uh, Britney Spears obviously is a big example uh, of stories they're covering. They usually, or like last night, ABC World News Tonight looked at Cam Newton being cut from the New England Patriots. A cougar got loose in a New York apartment building. Those are the kind of stories that they cover at the back end of the show because they spend so much time looking at COVID at the beginning of the show. And then whatever Biden was doing, Afghanistan aside, things like infrastructure or getting rid of the filibuster, that it really, and then when you cover wildfires, uh, hurricanes, Texas Democrats, you get to the point when there's not that much time left in a newscast. It very quickly fills up those 21 minutes. Talking to Christ, Christ, Christian Curtis Houck. Sorry, my friend. Uh, managing editor at Newsbusters there with the MRC. Now, let's get into uh, how this plays out and how we see this time and again, because the argument really isn't about, okay, on this certain date or in this certain week, they only spent this much time covering what is a major story. It's that they do it week after week and month after month, and that's how narrative gets set. Right. And I think that's exactly true with with both crime, you know, and what we're talking about now and Afghanistan, because if you cover a story a certain way or you say certain things about a story, if you do choose to cover it, if you say something over and over again, it's going to settle in people's minds. We saw this with Andrew Cuomo. People loved Andrew Cuomo. They thought he was the greatest thing in the world until he wasn't. Oh, crap. Well, then who who was telling people that he was awesome and amazing? Oh, right. That was the news media. Same goes with this, these crime stories. These local mayors are doing you know work here and there and talk about voting rights and all these sorts of things. Uh, who's going to win the New York City you know Democratic primary for mayor? When we're not really looking at crime, what's going on here? New York City, of course, got some of the most uh, time, uh, about just under 11 minutes. But still, considering some of the crime that's been going on there, you would think it would get a lot more than that. Um, But if you tell people things over and over again or you explicitly hide things, they're going to come away with the realization that, you know, it's not really that important. Or when you're presented with these facts, they're going to be outraged uh, and they're going to realize, hey, maybe the media are missing something here if you don't think that already. And that's really what we're trying to do here, which is provide the people with these facts, uh, these numbers, these minutes and seconds. We're not coming up with these. These numbers are double checked and triple checked. Um, so I think that's what's really important for listeners to understand here that, A, we're not making these numbers up. And two, it's another example of narratives here. 
They told voters in 2012 that Mitt Romney was this murderous, crazy person. Although he kind of ended up being a moderate, of course, that's a separate conversation, but they told him that he was uh, this murderous person, and so people didn't vote for him. Hence why we got Donald Trump in 2016. He was He was someone who was tired of that and just said, screw you to the media. Now let's apply this in, in a different place because while we clearly and, and you guys have been doing this for years and, and 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 we can discuss where media doesn't get it and often I'm told Tony you're a radio host you're part of the media I don't think that's what we mean when we talk about mainstream media I just don't think that's what we're talking about but if you want to throw me into categories I guess other people can. We're watching the CNNs of the world, the MSNBCs of the world, and the people like the, the Chuck Todds of the world over there at NBC be very, very forceful in some cases regarding what's been going on in Afghanistan. Your latest uh, piece uh, there at newsbusters.org is that Saki runs into buzzsaw journalists after Biden ducks Afghan questions. When it comes to this withdrawal, how it was done, there have been a lot of people engaged in tough reporting. Some of them have already eased off of it, but there's been, I shouldn't even say tough reporting, actual solid reporting. You've been covering uh, this. Has that been shock to you? Or, has, uh, or is this not just a one-time thing? They're actually interested in carrying on this conversation. Yeah, let's, I'll peel back the curtain real quick. My colleague, Nick Fondacaro, who works uh, our night shift covers the ABC, CBS, and NBC's uh, their evening newscast. We were talking about this yesterday, I believe, which is, you know, it's crazy to see all this great reporting here and it's, and it's important, but it also kind of enrages you because it shows that these people are ca- capable of doing good, of doing objective reporting, of holding their own side accountable. So then when you look at stories, really like anything that happened in the 2020 election, or more recently, voting rights, so-called voting rights cases and uh, bills, H.R. 1, what you know, the Texas Democrats did in fleeing D.C. are just a few examples. They totally fold like cheap seats, and they're willing to show for them to the ends of the earth. So it kind of enrages you that, like, yes, these people are very good at doing actual journalism. They are perfectly capable of doing so. It's not like, you know, well, I granted, there are people like Joy Reid that are just totally hopeless, but she's more of a commentator. But I'm talking about people in the press corps that are correspondents. They're doing great work here on Afghanistan, but, you know, we'll go back to some other issue, whether it's global warming or... Again, voting, Biden's infrastructure boondoggle, they'll go right along with it. And that's what's really frustrating because similarly, just a final point, they didn't go tough on Biden. They protected Biden for well over a year and they got him elected president. So now they're like, oh, crap, geez, we're stuck with this guy for another couple of years, three years here. What are we going to do? Well, you created this mess. I don't think there's any argument that they spent their political capital on Joe Biden, right? I, I think that is, is clear and obvious, and there's only so much capital you can give out before you say, this is going to hurt me. I'm going to run into a debt here. I can't. I still have to have some capital that I spend on other things in, in other places. But they clearly felt that there was uh, enough room for them in this conversation to engage it more thoroughly, more thoroughly than we've seen news engage it 
in in a, in a while. Uh, mm. Are there other things that that when when you're taking a look at at what it is a media is doing and 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 playing out? Are you seeing the possibility that they will retreat back into their pro Biden stance, or is this been where the line has been drawn that they have to be more honest and clear and forthright about Biden in order to have the audience still connect with them somehow? Well, I think the key, Tony, going forward is how do do they stay on this story with Afghanistan? We're not saying that, you know, most reporters will ask two or three questions of the briefing. We're not saying that all three of them for months now need to be about Afghanistan. However, what I am saying is that they do need to stick on it. They need to ask a question here or there or once a day about this to keep the story moving forward, because there are going to be congressional hearings on this. Democrats and Republicans have already agreed that this is going to happen. Reporting is going to come out. Beat reporters are going to keep moving on this. The ones that don't necessarily get the sexy uh, CNN hits to talk about how amazing they are, and they get a splashy Chiron to go alongside of it. Are they going to keep their heads down and moving on that? I think that's going to be a really telling uh, point to keep an eye on as we go on into the weeks and months ahead here. And as we find out about more people that have been left behind, do the media continue to tell those stories like the Wall Street Journal did yesterday with the translator that saved Biden's life along with Chuck Cagle and John Kerry in 2008 when they're uh, when they had some mechanical problems in the middle of the mountains of Afghanistan and it's snowing everywhere. Those are the kind of stories that they need to stick on here. They need to keep pushing on those or, you know, if they go retreat to their corners about infrastructure, Republicans being racist, uh, critical race theory isn't real. We'll see that this may have been just an act for them uh, or they're just their skulls are just really that dense that they can't understand the difference. Curtis Houck, he is the managing editor over there at newsbusters.org. Curtis, I appreciate you taking the time. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz.